Uh, and, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. But I then started just being so curious. It's like, okay, well, I know that that system does that, but why? How? Yeah. What's happening when that happens? You know, great, they update a tenancy and it suddenly sets up an account. How does that work? Like, where does that come from? And so from there, it just sort of went on and on. And, and you know, this kind of journey has so it's been six years now. And, you know, through that time, I trained to be a computer science teacher and I did a few years in a secondary school. I guess one of the selfish things I needed to teach GCSE and A-level, I was like, well, what do I learn next? Yeah. You know, and I realised I, yeah. I wasn't done learning. And so I moved into teaching kind of tech boot camps and cloud engineering and software development. So it's insane that I knew nothing about tech six years ago. Yeah. And I'm in this position where I feel like I can hold my own in most conversations around kind of tech stuff. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's been a bit of a whirlwind. That's an amazing journey. I mean, I love the story. and I've heard... I've heard it in various different guises now, but I, I love it on the basis that I think it's not just a discovery about technology, mm. it's a discovery about you yeah. and your competencies. Mm. So, so special. So when you said, I'm not an IT person, mm. what was an IT person in your head? I mean, I will be honest, if you asked me to describe an IT person, they would have been male, probably white middle-aged with you know maybe long hair and sitting in a gaming (laughs) chair like I I fully subscribed to the idea and the irony was that my best friend left A-levels and went straight into being first line support at the local council and she does not look like that thankfully bless her (laughs) you know so I but but I almost sort of found it strange that she was in that role to be truthful yeah um but yeah that was very much Gaming was my friends that were into consoles. They were the people who yeah. I considered, if you ask me who was good IT, they they were good at graphic design, they were good at gaming, yeah. they were really into like PlayStation Fantasy. Yeah. I loved reading Harry Potter and, you know, I don't know, none of the gaming things, none of the things, you know, I'd much be happier watching Hollyoaks uh, <laughs> at that time, at that age. Yeah, yeah, cool. But yeah, definitely subscribe to the stereotype without a doubt. And also you... You, I think you have a naturally curious mind and I don't know whether that's an engineering mindset or whether it's a, because you don't take you know what you're seeing as red you want to delve deeper and deeper and deeper and that's obviously incredibly important in what we do right now so so what are you seeing now in technology you know been, you've been in the tech world now for six years you're obviously enjoying it which is fantastic but if you were to sort of advise what would you say what would be the points that you make for people to go ah I know that's a career for me. I think the thing that I didn't comprehend was what technologies are even about. So mm. I seen as you build software and or you fix people's computers, mostly my printer password resets, etc. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my understanding. But what I never thought about was that every company needs a technology department, whether that's you know your NHSs through to your charity sectors through to your actual you know kind of big tech corps and even Sainsbury's or Tesco's or these companies that are servicing our day-to-day life. You can find any cause that's important to you and find a tech team that's supporting them doing their day-to-day operations. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people thought that you had to really care about tech as in tech companies but you can care about the world and find a company that's using tech to solve those problems yeah I was passionate about being an IT trainer because I was passionate about the social housing aspect of my job and I wanted the housing officers and the income support officers to be really empowered in doing their job properly and being a great IT trainer allowed me to allow them to do their jobs properly and actually that's where the passion came from the fixing of problems right this is it and even now you know I'm 
every role since has been very centered around i can get tech how can i help other people get tech mm. so i can proudly learn tech and it's not that i'm necessarily ever going to be pulled towards you know kind of maybe an implementation role but actually how can i take my ability to understand it and communicate and give that to other people yeah and that's still part of the tech ecosystem yeah so i guess the key message is that there are so many avenues and streams to tech that you may not think mm. even exist go and, and and find out and speak to people and you'll soon realize that it isn't just software engineers typical um uh, preconceived judgment yeah. on on what what um, what the roles are what do you think the barriers are i think that it's a two-sided coin i think that the industry is putting up barriers whether people are yet ready to acknowledge that fully and i think that society has ingrained barriers that we then subscribe to so i think that people don't think they can get into tech because i think that they subscribe to these myths around having to have an a-level in maths having to be great at science having to love gaming having to you know want to sit at a computer all day i think that a lot of it is self-doubt, not thinking they, they fit. But I don't think that if you were to go into, you know, if you were to sit there and search entry-level tech jobs, it would take about three minutes to become so demoralised that you would just sign off again. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't really help ourselves yeah. when, you know, we are still saying that, you know, essential is a computer science degree for a role that apprentices are learning in their droves and, and over. Um, I think that the biggest barrier is... A lack of understanding about what you really need to be into tech on both sides. Mm. And I think that it's it's easy for people to say, well, tech companies don't let us in. But actually, are you being brave enough to just go for it? Yeah. And just put yourself out there and, yeah. and sort of invest in yourself. I think it's 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 both parties have to kind of find their way a bit. I think any any job move or even from from schools, colleges, mm. universities, uh, or even job to job or industry to industry carries risk. Yeah. And I think it is weighing that risk up against what you really want to achieve. So rather than talk about this is the industry we're in, this is, this is the complexity of it, but this is what we're going to fulfil in that individual. And it's hard to spin that because you want them to buy into what you're trying to achieve, whether it's product or services related, as well as their own career objectives. And I think more so now we're looking, to, we have to try harder to understand what makes somebody tick yeah. so that we can say we can fulfil that destiny for you or we can help you on that journey in the very least and that's really tough because I think even the word technology sounds <laughs> almost old and, and I always always term this as our new industrial revolution um you know you and I were at the, the Andy Burnham um dinner last night which was really interesting and he was talking about you know this next wave of digitalization and how industrial revolution sort of was, was the hub part of the hub of that was in Manchester which is great but we still don't know enough about it. And it, and it always sounds old, techno word technology, and DEM sounds really kind of engineering heavy. And I think people compartmentalise. We we don't hear the whole, whole story, hear the whole story, sorry. We make it up, that's human nature. Mm-hmm. And I think even, and, and words like innovation uh, and, and growth businesses are, are more ambiguous, so you could apply that to every given business. But, I mean, you've worked with younger kids you know, across across the, the time that you've been in educational facilities. What's the general um, feeling for when they do these these computer science or ICT courses? Do you think there's a light on that they associate it with the technology they use, like on their phones, everything else? Or do they go, oh, 
oh, it's just spreadsheets or... <laughs> I, if I'm being brutally honest, the education curriculum currently it does not marry up with their day-to-day lives. So I think that it... And, and, you know, let me be really clear. A lot of people give computer science teachers in, in the current field kind of a lot of slack, but... You know, the, the government introduced the computer science curriculum without pre-training mm. teachers. So you're taking and I, I mean, I was so naive when I started my computer science teacher training because I thought it was going to be a lot of Excel spreadsheets, a little bit, little bit of sort of, you know, development. Maybe I didn't even think proper development. I kind yeah. of thought it would be like drag and drop stuff. And suddenly I get the curriculum through and I have to learn Python programming and I have to learn Boolean algebra and things that I, I didn't even know existed. They did that to teachers that have maybe 10, 15, 20 years industry experience teaching IT. Wow. And so actually the, the issue is that the students themselves don't see their day-to-day lives or there isn't a lot of modernisation yeah. in the curriculum. Yeah. The curriculum, a lot of it sadly was, was written by quite a small select group of people that I would argue subscribe to the older ideals that we're trying to move away from. Yeah. So, you know, it relies entirely on the innovation of teachers who don't have a huge amount of time. So I personally would make every year eight and year nine class on the first day of you know it come up with a you know what would you do if you have unlimited resources and you wanted to change the world like using some sort of app because apps are something they understand and mostly go around sort of mental health cleaning up the world things that that meant something to them a lot of them you know were actually really like wow idea generation yeah so was it so as a teacher you were trying to encourage almost entrepreneurialism mm-hmm. a little bit there. There was actually a course at Manchester University on that business with IT. What mm-hmm. it is is about business problems yeah. and how digitalized digitized digitalization oh, let me, <laughs> and tech can help uh, better processes in business. And uh, we touched upon the environment last yeah. night about um, ESG, sustainability, um, all that kind of stuff. And um, and I think that that's really cool. Mm. And I don't know any other, I mean, there might be one or two other universities doing that sort of course, but that's cool because it's applying technology to real business problems today, isn't it? And giving it context. And, and you know, the thing is that while I would run that activity on the first day of year eight and nine, I'd then have to teach the curriculum, which was, you know, build a calculator in Python and, oh. you know, yeah, things that, as you can imagine, yeah. you know, that... A bit tenuous, that, isn't it? Yeah, no, we, we, we talk about, let me just sort of paint a picture. Year nine was completely gender-balanced class. I had yeah. quite a lot of girls in that class. And, oh, okay. my God, they loved computer science. What happens? The curriculum gets so dry midway through year nine, if I'm being honest, the sort of pre-GCSE curriculum that I found I had, you know, kind of less than 5% females moving into year 10. The biggest issue on that was simply just that the curriculum got boring and it was quite. And why do you think boys then over girls would go for that? Because they like the programmatic or the way their brains wired? I mean, what, what do you think? I think a lot of it was that that's what their parents told them they should do. Okay. You know, that's a great, that's what you should do. Whereas it was really difficult on, you know, parents even to get parents to see that actually the girls could equally have these amazing yeah. careers because, you know, ultimately a lot of my students, um, it was in a fairly affluent area the second school I worked in, there was a few parents who also they were in tech of course it was the dads that were in tech none of my students mums were in tech but then it was feeding through you know to this sort of ideal and 
you know, the irony being that in my GCSE and A-level classes, the girls I had were some of the most talented and, and you know, were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, they had, thankfully, decided, I'm just going to go for it regardless of what everyone else says to me. Yeah. But the curriculum is based around, if we take, you know, it's, it's very gaming heavy. That's how yeah. we, we teach programming, I teach them to build a game. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I don't like games. I, I mean, I like playing chess. Yeah. But don't build chess. And, and, you know, that wouldn't be the most fun in year seven, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not sure I like chess like right year eight. Yeah. Uh, and so we all, all automatically then pre- plant this sort of seed. Yeah. You know, and then unfortunately it, it doesn't get much better at uni. I think most mm-hmm. people, if, they, if they're honest, know that computer science degrees are, are not really aligned with the challenges of the industry or the modern technology. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've taught in, re- in the last year computer science graduates with even masters who don't know how to create a fairly simple kind of network setup or would struggle to write code not all of them of course but but on the whole was really surprised thinking you you've just done a a three-year computer science degree and it's weird isn't it because we talk about incentivizing people in the workplace by using gamification so it kind of comes full circle yeah and actually if you look at a lot of the technology now that's used in business it's far more consumer like in the way it's utilized you know next next finish with the type setups and big buttons that mean that users because often the users of technology, certainly businesses, are not technical. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm not technical. I'm running a tech business. Ridiculous. Um, but it's. But I think the majority of people are not. But we need to be able to be um, educated users. Mm-hmm. And educated users don't necessarily need to know the nuts and bolts behind it. They start off with like you start off with the curiosity of why does that work why am I doing this but never go deeper than that and that's okay as long as it's easy to understand so given the fact that you've obviously come now into a technical business away from education and you still want to make a difference Mm -hmm. what difference do you want to make in this business and how can you use your kind of problem solving initiatives externally and this is this is what drew me actually to this this sort of position was you know the, the the bread and butter of what we do here you know relies heavily on our sales team, yeah. right? This fantastic sales team who really have to know what they're doing. The best way for them to succeed is to feel empowered in their knowledge and confident in what they're talking about. Yeah. And I can do that. I can be that translator between the person who, you know, understands that product and then simplifies it background. Mm-hmm. And that's where I get to still be really heavily involved in tech. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent last week last week building some demo applications. But what I'm doing right now then is capturing my learnings in a PowerPoint that is going to enable the, the sales guys to go out. Brilliant. And actually, I want everyone to use these amazing vendors. I'm having so much fun learning. Yeah. And actually, how do people get them? It's through this channel distribution. So yeah. I actually get to kind of then spread the word and get other people using these vendors. I honestly have the most fun from a technology yeah. perspective as somebody who likes doing development yeah. to be able to use some of these and, and for them to just work so intuitively has been yeah. great fun. Yeah. I then you know I'm not in the position I'm not the person to go out and, and spread the word on them but we have those guys in the middle yeah and they're not tech-minded people their yeah. skill set is in the sales bit yeah but they do still have to be empowered of course so yeah. this is it you know we sort of said earlier about the other roles in tech yeah there's a whole other ecosystem oh, that doesn't involve yeah sitting right in lines of code <laughs> but even so it is it's an understanding and appreciation of where that sits yeah so what do you think we need to do as as businesses moving forward to encourage more people you know you've been working with these people and they've obviously got you know they, they drop off because the curriculum's rubbish but how can we re-inspire them because there's only limited things that we can do as businesses to change the educational system or the curriculum mm-hmm. um you know we can work with you know with the local councils which is what we're doing with with Greater Manchester and others to try and 
uh, the advisory piece on it, but they're never going to change it overnight. And we, we, there are those small changes we can make. But what can we do as businesses to try and attract more people who are looking at us as a, maybe a, a, a business, either locally or, or nationally or, or whatever, um, to inspire them to say, I can do that. What do you think we need to do? I think that the first thing is stuff like this, getting people that have been through it and showcasing yeah. it. And so sort of hopefully people can realise that actually, you know, they might sort of think, OK, well, I, I made a post recently. I had a carer who, who's currently learning web development message yeah. me saying, I needed to read that. I needed that's to, get to hear yeah. that someone has been through that journey. I think that, you know, it's going to take a number of years for it to organically change in education. Yeah. But we have people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and upwards career career changers who may not on paper look like they would immediately fit into tech. And this is the two-sided thing, is one, exposure, letting those people know, hey, we need your skill sets. We, you know, you're a good problem solver. You're a great communicator. Do you ask clear questions? Do you know how to learn a concept? Right, I need that because I'm going to now get you to learn a technical concept. And I would argue if somebody can get a degree in psychology and learn psychological theories they can they can apply the same learning yeah. to any sort of topic yeah. but I think that it's helping people see and you know I've seen more and more companies do it mm. webinars and showcases and putting on days where people who might be exploring it can come in mm. you know and, and then likewise you know from that actually sort of logical perspective is then for people that might be listening thinking oh, I'd like to get into tech I think that people need to just go out and start researching it and yeah attending those events and actually yeah. kind of investing in it but and actually as in employers investing in the learning curve yeah for those people with those core competencies I feel that I keep talking about this <laughs> I, I feel that we're very lazy we're as businesses mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily suggesting that we are here at astrology but I think we're getting lazy and we're getting panicked about the fact we need skill sets yeah. tomorrow and then we moan about the fact that there's, there's a dearth for talent there's a dearth for people who know what we're doing in our industry it's a new industry you've got to spend time educating it just because you've been around for 20 30 years doesn't mean everyone else is going to get it so what are you going to do about it and a lot of people don't want to put that effort in they don't want to do you inherently as an individual want to help people mm-hmm. want to educate people and I'm, I'm similar in a way that I want to just talk about how amazing our business is and what we're doing I want to excite people but and I'm happy to take on people who don't know and can learn mm-hmm. but we all should be doing that as businesses we should and it's one of my, my gripes is I've just you know obviously prior to this was, was working in these tech boot camps and so a big part of what I had to do was sit there and go through job job adverts with them right right and I would take their CVs and help them rewrite them for yeah. their entry-level position yeah and to set the scene 90% of them have no previous tech qualifications may have worked in retail hospitality and so on they've done this 12-week boot camp which is intense and they learn learn a lot but for so many tech employers they're still going to discount that oh "Oh, it's just a boot camp you know we're we're not interested rather than oh so you're saying these people spent you know three six months literally committing to learning this industry because they really want to get into it and so we would then look at these job descriptions for entry-level positions that wanted this huge acronym list of, of technologies and you know there's there's way to phrase things yeah. there's a way to just take a bit of time rather than say you know must have experience of yeah. upper terraform instead say you know these are all the soft skills we need problem solving yeah. you know when to ask for help yeah, ability yeah. to be self-sufficient would be amazing if you had exposure to this but but other one we can work around yeah. it and the rare gem job descriptions mm-hmm. you get every so often mm-hmm. where you think 
oh wow okay that that actually might inspire somebody mm. particularly when it comes to female applicants there's a lot of psychology and sciences in there behind yeah if we don't match a certain amount men are much more likely to apply to it but you know I think that I see so many posts on LinkedIn talking about the skill shortage entry-level tech positions and being being rejected and being kind of pushed back without huge amounts of sort of reasoning and, and, and sort of being told you don't have enough experience yet but Right, but I have literally spent evenings and weekends teaching myself tech for four years. Because, again, we're lazy. <laughs> we're lazy. Yeah. Not understand. We want people with good core competences, great attitude and great energy. We don't spend time trying to yeah. find that. We just look on paper. Granted, we're all short of time. Of but, unfortunately, it's like anything. You have to take time to do it. You get nothing for nothing. If you short-term panic hire, you will be constantly panic hiring mm. for a long time, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about diversity because... Mm. You know, you touched upon it with the fact you're a woman. I'm obviously a, a woman. I, that's last time I checked. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and in the tech industry, which is still predominantly male. We are very underrepresented, even though we're 51% of the population. And I hate positive discrimination. Mm. But I also hate any discrimination. Yeah. And I don't care if it's if you're female, male, whatever gender you recognise or, or associate with, mm. um, you know, whether you, what religion, what colour, what creed you are. I have no, I, I don't, I'm not interested, quite yeah. frankly. All I'm interested in as an employee, employer is whether you have the right attitude and energy and you believe in what you're doing and you want to see a future for yourself but I can genuinely say that with with whole heart I don't see that we we still have this issue with diversity massive and I'm so getting bored of it how can we change this I think that there's it's a really interesting one about this positive discrimination. And if I'm being honest, my view on it changed quite dramatically when I went to a networking event in Leeds a few months ago. Right. And there was a young man there, and I do forgive that I can't remember his name. He works for um, AirLogic, so you know, tech company over there, heading on, on NHS Digital. Talked about his experience of being an Asian man coming from a Leeds suburb yeah. and how coming into this space there was no one that looked like him, no one that kind of resonated. And the understanding that actually, and he talked a lot about this kind of being, you know, being passive. You know, we we, we say about wanting diversity, but mm. you know, and even you know, and you know, Andy Burnham touched on it last night. Do we go out into those communities and do we say, you know, what we there is a space for you because you may have always felt like there isn't because, you know, it's a really interesting point about you know there was a little bit of talk about last night about kind of newer generation or younger generations, I guess. Uh, their uh, what 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 matters to them? Yeah. I look on a company's people page before I would consider applying for it, and I look for gender equality and diversity, and nice. I look to see nice. does this company uphold values? Yeah. That, and I think that's normally reflected in the workforce. Yeah. Now that isn't an overnight fix, and there, of course is always the argument of it should be the best person for the job. I, I get that. But they can come from anywhere, it doesn't matter right. how it lands. But, but we have to be realistic about yeah. this, is it? If we look at the, you know, the people that meet those diversity categories will not come through the channel, not going to be the computer science graduates necessarily. They're not going to be, you know, my one of my A-level students messaged me the other day. She is one of, I think, sort of 20 girls on a course of over 200 currently studying computer science. And they've got a little girls club so that they can sort of share share stories and kind of give each yeah. other that support. So we're looking at the same talent pool yeah. and then say, no, well, why can't we diversify our organisation? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm seeing more and more companies do is actually holding events and actually putting their time and money, putting their money where their mouth is in a way, yeah. going out into the community yeah. and saying, right, let's let's talk. Let me why do you, let me 
let me listen yeah. to why you don't feel like you fit in here yeah. and then let me hear that yeah. and then let me come back to it. Yeah. You know, and I think that whether that is, you know, a gender issue, a diversity issue in terms of sort of race, religion, etc. Yeah. It's actually listening and really hearing people if that makes you uncomfortable. You know, I think yeah, I us women are face at so time. You say something and it kind of gets laughed off as I think you're being sensitive. Well that's how I feel. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure that it is. So I think some of that is, is listening and then actually putting our money where our mouth is and actually going out and, and talking to the communities that we want to bring in, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's many more things that we can do as employers. And, and I think, you know, by also understanding how we promote ourselves, mm. there is that unconscious bias. I think there's a lot of people that will have that. Yeah. Um, but also providing good role models. I'm on a mission to provide good role models like yourself, who've come from totally different backgrounds, mm. who are developing a, a great career in technology. Yeah, okay, you, you could say you're diverse just because you're a woman, but you're <laughs> not. I mean, none of us are really, let's be honest, from a woman's point of view. And I think that you know, if we can provide role models that people can relate to, mm. everything we do should be relatable. If it's too far a stretch, a younger generation not stretching their imaginations to say, I could be there. Or they need to see the stepping stones and give them those stepping stones quite easily because we're not yet a mature industry. You know, even accounting and, and legal, you know the steps that you've got to get to to be there. It's all very prescriptive and pragmatic and everyone's, lots of people have been um, there before you, mostly white, middle-aged, middle-class people. Um <laughs> And but but yeah, we can we can switch that up again. And I and I do think there are some good role models out there, but I think we need more role models out there. And I think engaging the tactics, things like apprenticeships and the rise yes. of people who are specifically already engaging with communities that might not traditionally go through the university route or might not have you know that exposure. And there are yeah. amazing companies, and this this is I think the thing that having come from one of those companies where you know, they were trying to bridge the gap, is that they are out there. There's some amazing sort of, you know, boot camp companies and apprenticeship yeah. providers desperately trying to engage employers. And I get that it must seem, and I, and I think this is a really good point for me to point out, I have I have started a class with 25 people with no tech background. <laughs> I thought, I've got 12 weeks to get you ready for a junior cloud engineer role, pass your exam, <laughs> teach you all these concepts, and I honestly don't know if this is possible. Quite like a challenge, David. Yes. <laughs> And it is, it's overwhelming, yeah. it's terrifying, and you think, oh God, and you know what, they rise to it every single time, they mm. all manage to to get there, and you know, the highs and lows, and I think that, I think one of the things that my biggest thing is that employees have to acknowledge yeah. that it is a little bit scary, and it might feel like, yes, every so often you might go on that actually wasn't right for the tech industry, but mm. could they be right for another part of your business? Yeah. Now they know what your business does, you know, let's be more open. We have to do about it more around because yeah. of that, actually, which is really exciting because, again, it's the core concept. As a gro- we, I suppose we're a little bit lucky that we're a growing small business yeah. that we can mould and develop and create roles and whatever, but you can't necessarily in yeah. large businesses. You probably could, but, again, I think it's a difficult thing to change, isn't it, really? But we've just got to try and reshape it. But, um but yeah, I, I think that um, we've got a, a lot to do. Um, I think that the likes of you coming on board and growing your team that you'll hopefully be growing, especially in technology and helping the guys out there dumb it down a bit. I think we've just got to make it sound a little bit easier than it yes. is because I think what has been happening as well, certainly my experience is a lot of technical people mm-hmm. 
will want to talk about the technical, the back end, the admin. It's so technical that doesn't sell technology. I wish, <laughs> I wish vendors would get a handle on that. It doesn't sell the, the solution to the problem sells it, and then the question is that for like you did early doors, how how does that work? Why does that integrate with that and that sort of thing? And I think the one thing as well that we must be very careful of, and I don't really think about this as a sort of final point. Whenever we talk about the need to change things, mm-hmm. the need to be better at certain things, need to attract people, the fact that things have got to be much more um, open, there's a tendency to look at it as if we're moaning. Mm-hmm. And I and I caught up with a couple of people the other day and they said, yeah, we don't want, when we sit on these panels and we have these discussions, we don't want to sound like, oh, we're downtrodden, we're not getting this, we need diversity. We need to say, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're reporting on the issues that are now, but we have got lots to do, but these are the things that we are doing. Yeah. I mean, I think these conversations are exciting. You know, when I think about, you know, myself at 16 years old, I couldn't have imagined that we'd live in a world where someone like me would have a chance to get into tech. Yeah. So actually, while, yeah, there's lots of work to do and it's great to sort of sit and talk about what's not working right now, I do, that's my, that's my mindset though. It's very much a, this isn't working. Let's talk do about it. Let's voice it. No, nothing ever solved sweet under the carpet. Totally and now how do we move forward with it? And I think that that's that key difference. And this is sort of touches on that point. Are you looking for advice, waiting yeah. to hear the replies yes. and action in it. Absolutely. They're two completely different things. Absolutely. And I think that depends on where you fit on the spectrum, depends on how quickly you can learn and adapt. Because, you know, I know it's the old fashioned saying, you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Oh God, and, yeah. and I think more of us, everyone, everyone is guilty of sort of having those moments of not really listening. Yeah. I think that the voices are out there. The young people are there ready to tell us what they need. Yeah, they just need to be able to ask. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that while it can, I actually try not to think of it as a negative thing because it's great that we're even having the discussion. Oh, God, 100%. And I think these sorts of things like podcasts and getting our voices out there is really important. Um, and I think that's phenomenal advice. My advice would be to anybody listening, and certainly some of the things that we talked about, is get involved with your local councils. We've been involved with Greater Manchester. Um, literally today, had a conversation with them about how to be an help be an enterprise advisor for certain schools and colleges. Going there and helping, not just talking to the kids, but actually helping shape some of the not curriculum per se, but the way that they communicate, the avenues they can go down, the career opportunities, so that they can actually be educated themselves as teachers and senior leadership in a school and college how to then communicate that down to their their, their students. Oh, and I, I needed that when I was like, wow, yeah. if I'd have known, so the, the, the different advice I could have given if yeah. I'd have just known, yeah. all the different career options. You know, if you'd asked me when I was teaching computer science, what are the options? All I'd ever met were software developers yeah. and network engineers because yeah. as they, you know, so no, and I think that's, that's yeah, another amazing thing that I'm so glad we're getting involved in because yeah. as an ex-teacher, I know that teachers... They really do want the best for their students yeah. and that they can be empowered to yeah. give on, you know, better It's not their job to be experts in the career field because actually in an industry that's changing and developing so much, they can't keep up with the jobs. And actually we're creating roles all the time. So yeah. we don't know what their next new roles are going to be in the next five mm-hmm. million time, right? But it's giving back. It's spending that time. If anybody listening wants to do anything, get involved with your local councils, get involved with as many things as you can because there's small incremental changes make a massive difference. And if we can give back, and certainly Grace is doing that, and I'm doing it, and a lot of the guys here are doing it, then it will only help better widen our pool of talent so that people aren't being overly paid for being average 
Well, Grace, thank you so much. I don't want to take you away from all of your hard work that you're doing your learning curve, but it's been brilliant to talk to you. And I know that you're going to be with us for a good while and help us shape this wonderful business. So thank you so much. Thank you, Hayley. I've loved it. It's been great.